Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waberhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus. Hmm? You're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. This episode we'll be discussing quite a bit about child exploitation and child abuse. Please be advised. Okay, hear me out. A mommy vlogger, but the kid is one of the kids who are like a Kevin from We Need to Talk About Kevin. Oh, like some nasty ass kid who's going to like kill, kill, kill. Yeah, who who's born that way. But the mom st- tries to vlog the kid and then the kid takes the revenge. Oh, I like it. Yeah, I think it's good. I would watch that. Yeah. You know, some kids, they're, I don't know, some people are born kind of fucked up. My cousin was, he threw gasoline on me, lit a match and laughed. What happened? You know, he can't hold down a job. What happened to you? Did they were they just like, oh, he's a uh, he's ornery? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just boys being boys. Um, I guess. But anyways, I need a wife, someone who won't pour gasoline on me and laugh. <laughs> uh, welcome to someplace underneath and Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson, and Amber would like a partner who does not try to burn them alive with fire. No. So if just, anybody out there, yeah, doesn't want to do that. Oh, so there should probably be a couple other stipulations in there. I think you have some other rules. So it can't just be anybody who doesn't want to set you on fire, right? I think that's the main rule. It's oh, just, okay. I was just trying to get my socks ready for the, you know, walking over here and like none of them were clean. Yeah. And I was just like, I got to work out, do laundry, make milk my food. What am I doing? I'm tired, Natalie. Yeah. We're all tired. <laughs> we're all tired. Not these mommy bloggers. Not these. They're never tired. Their kids might be tired, but they're not allowed to say it. No, you got to put that camera on them 24-7. Yeah, so we're coming back to the second part of this series of what we're calling parasocial paranormal exploitation. That's right, ghost kids (laughs) who are vlogged. Another uh, movie pitch I would throw out there. A vlogger ghost child? Mm -hmm. Hi, everybody. Welcome to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me while I choke on this coffee. It's been a long day, Amber. And we're just getting started, aren't we? I love it. I'm excited. Good, good. Me too. I've done a lot of research on this for the last couple of weeks. Today, I had to do a bunch right before the show. 
And I just feel, I feel confused by what I have to have been looking at. You're consuming a lot of trash. Yeah. And I guess I'm mostly just confused because I personally am a really selfish person. I'm a fucking, I'm an asshole. I'm super vain. I have a lot of personality flaws and I've made a lot of mistakes. Oh. And I'm still just sitting here struggling to understand how someone can justify putting their kids in these videos and considering themselves good people. Do you think they're doing it because they're like spreading a message? They're like one of those insidious Christians that are like, well, it's hard, but it's what God wants me to do. I think that there is a percentage of those people. What I'm learning on my string chart that I've put together going over all of this stuff is that there is a percentage of them who feel as though they are doing what the creator has told them they're supposed to do at least at the beginning I think sometimes they kind of you know they go like actually you know what it was me the whole time it was me it was was me me. (laughs) but yeah no it's like Man, I find kind of a scumbag. I don't think you are, Natalie. uh, Mm. You did flip off that lady, that old lady of the day, and you said, suck it, old whore. Yeah. Natalie. She paid me to do that, though. (laughs) I have a side hustle. Yeah, I just, I'm not a great person, and yet I see this as horrific, and, and how do they not see that? What is going on in their brains? So, yeah, why are you doing this to your kids, man? Why are you doing it? So, We kind of got into the beginning of that last week, and I've been really just trying to dig into my brain to to look at these accounts and figure out how you get to this point. Not only that, but like a lot of the people who are sort of spearheading these family accounts are dragging their spouses along. And sometimes it looks a little bit like an abusive relationship to me, too. So it's not just... The kids, but also the other people who live in the household who are kind of along for this ride. So I want to take a look at some of the scenarios to kind of break down like how we got here. Yeah, what's going on? Last episode, we talked a little bit about the origins of some of this sort of exploitation, which I'm, again, calling parasocial exploitation, although I don't think that's a real term. What has developed into become a multi billion i assume it's at least multi-million dollar industry and i imagine at this point with the number of family vloggers there are that it is a multi-billion dollar industry you know what? fuck it we'll say trillion trillion why not what's after that Qu- a l- quadrillion <laughs> quintillion i think quintillion's a real number mostly these are known as family vlogging or the ever nausea inducing Mommy vlogging. Mommy. Mommy. I mean, I could see like if you're a mom and you go to work, people are like, oh, no, you should be a stay at home mom for your kids. You're robbing them of a, you know, motherhood. And then if you stay home, like, well, shouldn't you help your husband out? Like, it's kind of like a mom can't win no matter what she does unless you're a mommy vlogger. Yeah. And that I think we touched on that for a minute last episode where we were talking about the woman who started her own, the journalist who started her own series to try to figure out how to become a mommy vlogger. And then in the middle of it was like, oh, this is morally corrupt to do this. But she made the valid point in her series that mothers do get criticized no matter what they do. 
And so I get that element of it and going like, well, then they deserve to be paid for their time. And I, I can definitely see a huge argument for getting paid for that. But when it is at the expense of your child's privacy, I, I don't think that that's the same thing. Yeah. Because they're the mommy vlogging, no matter what you're calling it, a lot of them are based on the child's privacy. It's not a lot of the mom's who are just doing their own thing, talking about motherhood. It is about... Camera in the face of this child. Yes. Let's go bra shopping. Let's shave your legs in the bathroom. Like, these are mother-daughter moments that should be private. Right. And it's even cringy when it's just your mother. That's already uncomfortable enough. Yeah. And then you're just going to throw in a bunch of... Pedophiles in there? Random dudes from Idaho just watching you. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm calling you out, Idaho. <laughs> Again, I think moms who have sound advice or even like provide pleasing aesthetics could probably provide a lot to other mother viewers who, who are talking about their home or how they put their home together or troubles they've had as a mother. But it's the making the children and the other household occupants participate that I have the problem with. Mm. So there is a massive audience for this, many of whom watching, I'm sure, are doing so for pretty innocuous reasons. You know, like lots of kids watch these channels, lots of, I would assume, lonely people, you know, not necessarily for like insidious reasons that might just be Lonely and like watching people smile. Yeah, maybe their family's chaotic and their mom's mm-hmm. like screaming in the next room and she's like, I don't got dinner on the table. Right. I don't got no dinner on the table. And like the mommy vlogger in this video has dinner on the table. They're selling this sort of utopian idea. Fantasy. Yeah. And also I think there's lots of people who watch for the same reasons that I used to watch all the TLC shows, which is gawking at a spectacle, <laughs> which, you know, is not great either, but... There's also another main fan base that we'll get back into. <sighs> Natalie, you look so happy. I'm just so upset. <laughs> Do you think it's because it's kind of teaching these children that they don't have autonomy over their own body and their mind? Because there's a camera on them and it's like, no, you don't get a choice whether it's on you or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, there's. Yes. Yeah. And especially for like girls, you know, when you grow up, you should learn how to you know, say no. And like, it's my body. And that's there's already enough of that not being said to girls without being filmed. Yeah. And now you throw on top of that. Also, as your parent, I'm also just going to tell you you're not you don't your body doesn't belong to you. I'm sure it's going to be great for all of those girls. I'm sure they're going to grow up and everything's going to be completely fine. So as their kids are integral parts of their channel, this involves letting people, you know, comment on their videos often about the children. So, yeah. So because a lot of the content is very intimate of their kids, There's a lot of embarrassing stuff of kids in their own home, and it gives a lot of weird people on the Internet reasons to, you know, it elicits a response, you know, from the commenters and it drives views up. So, like, the parents a lot of times are actually intentionally making those kind of videos because when people comment on videos when people even hate watch if they dislike it, but they watch the video, it drives their videos to top page on the channel. Whatever you got to do for likes. Yeah. Or dislikes even. So those sort of anger-inducing videos of their kids actually helps drive people to their channel. Does that sound to you like that's adjacent to pimping? Um, (laughs) Because it sure does to me. It's basically saying like they're giving the strangers what they want while they throw coins at your children. 
and the players have very little say over their body. That sounds like pimping to me. Wow, Natalie, you're coming at it with truth. I'm upset. <laughs> and let me tell you, there ain't no Coogan laws in the wild west of the internet. There's, in fact, no regulation of what parents can post of their own children as long as it doesn't break certain laws. Yeah, and there's a lot of crazy stuff on YouTube. Like I saw a video of some guy talking about how you should be having sex with like 14-year-old girls, and I flagged it. It's still up. This crazy. What's it doing? Get it out of here. Man. Because it's technically, I guess, not breaking a law. No. And, and so it's that weird little nebulous stuff where you get that kind of stuff and then you get this stuff that people are putting up of their children like this. So there are a lot of these parent-run family channels and even more frighteningly, a lot of non-established parent vloggers who are trying to get numbers up by doing whatever it takes. So we have these top players in this field and a bunch of other parents who are trying to throw their hat in the ring. Open mic mommy vloggers. Yeah, but with kids. Mm. You know, it's like you're going to an open mic, but on the open mic, you're also showing your daughter shaving her legs for the first time. These are almost even scarier because they're so determined to get famous and don't have any reason to be except that they're willing to hurt their children. They're kind of just going to do whatever they want. And to be honest, one of the genres which we started talking about last episode is the prank channel, the family prank channel. Ugh. And to be honest, when I see these family prank channels, what comes to mind and to me is a neat jerk reaction is that they, they hate their children. Yeah, they just didn't want to get married, didn't want to get pregnant, didn't want to be there. There's this new trend on TikTok where the parent will stand by a little child in the bathroom and then the parent runs away and the filter has like a scary monster behind them and the kids are crying. And I'm like, can we end this trauma? Just end this. What? It's a trend on social network Why? to traumatize your child. And I get it's not like this trend isn't traumatizing, but it's just like, I don't want to see a kid cry. Why? Why? Why are you doing people this? People think it's funny, I guess. Who? Who are these people who watch this and think it's hilarious? I guess other children? I don't know. Uh, uh, I hate it. I hate it. Well, okay, so these prank channels are so fucking weird to me. And we had begun to break down this concept last episode. This genre also extends to this other bizarre branch of obviously faked drama situations. It's like Jerry Springer episodes, but it's taking place in people's homes. Ooh, too much, too close. So these videos, I don't think they're trying to fool anyone into thinking they're like real dramatic situations, but... It is this sort of play acting that people love watching on YouTube. They watch the hell out of them. And sometimes these also involve children or as we're about to talk about vulnerable adults. Mm. Again, I don't think there's anything wrong if you're adults and you're doing these things. They're weird, but like... Who cares? You're an adult. I don't care. It's whenever yeah. you put them on either family... You call yourself a family channel when you do that, or you're using children in these videos because they don't understand what's going on. They don't get it. And I remember being a child and put in situations that I didn't want to be in and just being like, I have to trust the adults, but they're making the wrong decision. This is fucking bullshit. And I had to go along with it because they're the adult and you're the child. So then at 17, I fucking boogied out of there as fast as I could. And I'm a hyper-vigilant 
adult to this day. Like I said earlier, I've got to have everything done and like the food cooked mm-hmm. and the laundry done and the writing and the working out. That's a that's a sign of like hyper independence as a child. Yeah. And not always like in a positive no. way. I get not because out. you not because you're doing anything wrong, but because it exhausts you. Yes. And a lot of times I think like me as well, you get overwhelmed with anxiety about things that don't matter. They yeah. aren't actually that important. <laughs> yeah, like my floors need to be swept. And I'm right. just like, the floors. And then like the oven, like a pan fell behind it so the door won't close all the way. And this morning I was like clanging on it. And I was like, just fucking clear. Just open. And it's okay if I just chilled out. <laughs> yeah, but it's hard. It's hard when that stuff gets ingrained in you. Yeah. Some of that is what is called in therapy catastrophizing, kids. Huh. If you've never heard that term or you haven't had the chance to go into therapy... It is a reaction to extreme anxiety. Wow. Well, this podcast is my therapy. Good. Yep. I think that's what you, nobody needs to go to the doctor if nope. you listen to this show. <laughs> Pretty much the same. So, again, like I said last week, I'm not really here to just call out certain people or bring up people's names. And I'm feeling, call them out. Bring them up, bitch. <laughs> I think I mostly because I don't think it's productive. And some of these, I don't even think I'm going to name their channel names because of how sensitive the subject is but i kind of i'm going to be naming some or like describing some at the very least because they are indicative of like this bigger issue that's going on in youtube Mm -hmm. one of the biggest prank channels is known as the family and it it really it began as already a big problem problematically (laughs) before the channel even started it began when the now husband whose name is damien was 20 and began pursuing the now wife, who was 15 at the time, whose name is Bianca. Oh, so she was 15, he was 20? Mm-hmm. That's A, illegal, and B, creepy. Your mind is different from 15 mm-hmm. to 20. There's so much emotional development that has to go on. Yes. So one of the biggest family prank channels started out with the husband sort of preying on the wife. <laughs> yeah. Um They were working together at Little Caesars, actually. They both came from a little bit of, like, rough upbringing. And he decided he wanted to pursue this girl. And Little Caesars actually, like, protected her and, like, said, you can't do this and made him, like, transfer. Little Caesars? I know. And didn't also Little Caesars pay for Rosa Parks to, like, retire? The owner. The The owner. The creator or the CEO or whatever, yeah. Get some Little Caesars today. I mean, it's disgusting. (laughs) But, um, you know. I'll eat any pizza, really. Right. But yeah, so the guy who who basically spearheaded their channel, he pursued his now wife when she was a minor. And even though Little Caesars was like not having it, it didn't stop them. And Little Caesars can't take away our love. I mean, that's kind of how it went. And he actually ended up impregnating her when she was 17 and he was 22. Gross. And that he was terminated from Little Caesars because of that, which great. Thank you. But uh, also great. Cool. Cool, man. That's cool. Got this 17-year-old pregnant. And so these two young people, though one is an adult, one is minor at the time, are sort of like me and you against the world. Now he's convinced her, you know, he's locked her in. She's pregnant. He's kind of groomed her into being an adult. And so now they're together. Yeah. Fuck her childhood. Yeah. And he also came from a bad place. He was actually stabbed with a barbecue fork by his stepfather in the past. He didn't have a good upbringing, but that's not an excuse to start molesting kids. No. So, you know, now they have this young, small family and being an unemployed former Little Caesars cashier does not put food on the table. So enter YouTube. 
This was early in 2016 when they launched their first channel. Damien was, I will say, the 100% the instigator of this channel. So with a name like Damien, no way. Yeah. So once you've groomed, you know, your teen bride and you've locked her in, you've got gold just sitting around your house trying to live their lives when they could be monetized, you know. So I'm saying the gold is your teen bride and your baby. Wow. So the wife who, again, his name is Bianca. It's evident in the early videos that she is uncomfortable. Yeah, she's pregnant. She wants to nest. She wants to chill out and like raise this child, cope with her last of childhood. I think at that point she had had the kid, but... It was clear that she was not an equal participant in wanting to make these videos. They started out as a couple's react videos, which is another whole genre on YouTube. If you're not familiar, it is usually a romantic couple watching other things and reacting and making jokes at it. Oh, that's cute. Or is it also like the who eats the most? Who cleans first? Yes, those, those as well. The, yeah, okay. Those yeah. are kind of cute. They can be fine. You know, yeah. they're harmless in my opinion. But they started out doing those, although the wife, Bianca, she seemed very uncomfortable doing them. I don't want to react, baby. Yeah. I, I want you to get a job. Yeah. <laughs> like a fucking man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. So that's sort of what that whole thing is. But Damien is one of these creators who is watching trends of types of videos that got views. And it's another similarity we'll see in a lot of these notorious family channels that it's not so much about what they provide as that they are looking at as a business opportunity and following what is getting the most views on YouTube. And it basically went from their reaction videos to pranks and skits and extremely invasive content because that is what draws viewers. Oh, so it's not skits like stuff on the BBC or like Monty Python or anything? No, and I am specifically calling them skits because in the sketch comedy world, that is an insult. Yeah. There is, of course, incredibly funny, good comedy on YouTube, but these sort of prank channels are not really geared towards, you know, social commentary or anything yeah. like their satire. It's I more... don't like pranks in general. No. Like, even to adults. I'm just like, Why? I, like life is kind of hard already. Yeah. And if, unless it's like a prank that's positive and funny, it's usually not. It's usually involves tearing somebody down. Right. And as you'll probably remember from last episode, I only think there's about four to eight people who can do funny pranks and it's not these people. Because <laughs> otherwise, as an adult, it's not funny anymore when your day is fucked up because some idiot came at you on the street because people have shit to do. You know what I mean? So... It's not really clear how much Bianca consented to any of this as their lifestyle, but initially she didn't really have much choice at the end of the day because she was a teen mother. 
So she kind of just like did it. But then the money started coming in. They started getting money from enough views. Wow. And she kind of leaned in and went, fuck it, I think, a little bit. You know, because as the more bombastic the video content got, the more cash started flowing in. Damn, maybe I need to start doing this. It's a tough market. There's a lot of competition. You know, I'm using them as an example, but this is what a lot of people try to do with their kids. And it's fucked up. So just six months into their YouTube career, as Bianca is pregnant with their second child, Damien uploads a video in which he rolls into her baby shower pretending to be shot. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. That's not funny. I'm laughing because that is so crazy. Yeah, it like, is. I you mean, want to they, scare the mother of your child who's pregnant right now? The concept of it sounds very funny. <laughs> when it's played out, although, okay. I'm going to do that to you tomorrow. <laughs> like, oh, no, I've been shot, Natalie. <laughs> I'm, that was incredible acting, and I believe you. Um, so basically in this video, he runs in acting like he's shot. And when everybody's in hysterics, he gets on down on one knee and he proposes to her. It is a proposal video at the end of it. Um, so, you know, it's that sort of, yes, it's that kind of. We got this. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. Now, most likely this is entirely pre-planned. It's very likely that she was in on this, that everybody at the party was in on it, that it was pre-planned. But this is one of those skits that I was referencing. Sort of like a Springer thing. But it will only go downhill from here. This is sort of the bombastic kind of videos they start putting out very early on in their YouTube career. Oh, so it can only go farther. Yes. And even if... Most people were aware when this was being shot. I doubt everybody at the baby shower knew. And also there were kids there who were clearly upset because they didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Regardless, it got a bunch of views. People thought it was funny, whatever. It goes downhill from here. They would start doing things like clickbaiting their divorce. They would start exploiting actual deaths of loved ones in videos. Whoa. And the prank videos just started ramping up. So... The first couple of years of their channel, they mostly focused on corny, kind of sleazy, adult-based content. You know, it wasn't like R-rated, but it was still YouTube-friendly, but it was mostly based around adults. It, they would like fake having like, you know, like being caught cheating on my wife prank videos and stuff oh, like that. Right. Which is scary. The, you know, the Cheaters show? That guy yeah. got stabbed. Oh, yeah, the cheaters was crazy because I don't think a lot of those were faked. No, those are real. He got stabbed on that boat. That was a crazy, that was a crazy show. That was Rolling the early 2000s, man. Yeah. Whew. Surprise, here's your husband. He's fucking with another girl. Woo. So a lot of theirs are phony, but, you know, they would kind of dwell into the super inappropriate, like the prank video where they tease having a foursome with a 17-year-old. Gross. Uh, yeah. However, YouTube's monetization and algorithm rules were... And are constantly changing and evolving. To some extent, YouTube is trying to like control the messed up stuff that's happening on their channel. So they have to keep changing the way things work as far as like ad revenue. And Damien, oh, like, I think you can't say rape on there anymore. There's a lot of words you can't say now without getting demonetized because they have bots following. That's and crazy. Like listening and stuff. But you can have a man saying sex with a 14 year old's okay. Yep. But I guess I can't say the word rape. Yep. Wow. Love these rules. Love these rules men made up. Yeah. At the very least, hopefully that video is not able to be monetized, but we don't really know. <laughs> so once this was all happening and a couple years into their account, Damien found that they could get a massive 
massive view count on this Jerry Springer type content, but it would often get demonetized based on YouTube's rules. Oh, dang. So what is an upwardly mobile groomer supposed to do but start making family content? Because as many mommy vloggers would soon come to realize, content that involves children would be considered YouTube's version of G-rated and would be monumentally easier to sell ads on. No regard for the children forced into dancing like clowns for the camera. Because mom and dad said it's okay. So. Right. Got to get that Clorox money. Yeah. So anyway, six years and several children later, this channel has something like seven channels based on different kinds of content. And they're, I think their kids each have one, whatever. They start, Too much content. Yes. And this is, this is indicative of a lot of family vlogger channels. A lot of times they start branching out, making their kids own channels and start monetizing those. This would drive me crazy. And I'm like an L.A. girl, you know, so we're in entertainment. But mm -hmm. I got to go to the park and shut my phone off mm -hmm. sometimes. And if I'm hanging out with somebody who's just like taking photos of everything and vlogging everything, I have to like say goodbye to that friend. Yeah. And mind you, these kids who a lot of them have their own channels, their parents are the one getting paid. There's still no SAG rules for these kids. So they're not even seeing these paychecks. If oh. the parents decide to spend all of the money, the kids won't see a dime of it. Oh, There's no laws they're breaking. No. And they're the ones making the money. Yep. So using the Prince family as an example, they start uploading this content that falls into the YouTube child guidelines and somehow manages to be abhorrent a lot of the time still. And now they're using their children regularly in their content. On top of that, Damien's regularly filming intimate things like medical emergencies that their family are having and the Dang. family. Yeah. Yeah. Like real, like actual hospital visits and stuff. What? He's, he's filming them. I would just be like, oh my God, I got to get the kid to the hospital and not like, whoa, whoa, first let's get the camera out. It's, and this is very not just this guy either. This is indicative of a lot of parents. Is this doing a picture this. of their child? So yeah, basically they, they were doing that sort of, you know, exploitative stuff, but then they're using their children's images for clickbaiting a lot. And there's this one that I just posted up here in our notes is a picture of their young son. And it says the title is his crush broke up with him. <gasps> no. And it has him looking down and sad and embarrassed, you know. Oh, my God. Imagine he has to go to school the next day or like see these kids. Right. And this is just the tip of the iceberg with these kind of child clickbaiting titles. Then there's this other thing that they've uploaded. And this is what actually kind of got them to become really notorious outside of their fan base is this video they uploaded in 2021. It's an image of the two parents both looking sort of salaciously at a woman who's wearing underwear. And it says over top of it, she's 12. Um, that's disgusting. And so she's, <laughs> she's like, um, it's, a, it's a provocative pose. Yes. So this is what we call clickbaiting. Most of you probably know what that is. I'd click on it. Ugh, I, I mean, I'd just be like, what? I mean, exactly. Clickbaiting is often rage. It's baiting you to be mad. Right. So you click on it because of that. Or I fall for it. Or you're disgusted or you're like weirded out you're like what the fuck is this oh right because negative attention is still attention mm -hmm. and if you're a narcissist it doesn't matter it's and it also attention. gets you the money 
for the views. Uh, there's a certain dude on the internet whom I cannot stand. I've blocked everything, but people also hate him, but they keep retweeting his shit. To be like, and they'll oh, be like, yeah. look how horrible he is. And I'm like, stop it. Yeah. Just block. Get him out of here. Yeah. Let him die in the shadows. Definitely. And essentially, sometimes I worry that's what we're doing when we talk about these things. But also the alternative is letting it happen, ignoring it, which is it seems to not be OK because nobody is stopping it. Like the people who are supposed to be in place to stop this from happening are not stopping it. So it feels like we have to. But yeah, so this is a clickbait image. If you're not familiar with that term, which I think most of you are, it is posting something as a thumbnail on a video or an article or a website where it's meant to be upsetting. It's meant to shock you in some way. So while this woman in her underwear is not a 12-year-old, they are suggesting, is she 12? And he's looking like, like happy. Yeah, he's like, his tongue's out. He looks like like the wolf in the cartoons. Gross. But he's the guy that had sex with a woman underage, though. That is the woman in this video. That is the wife that he groomed. Yes. So he likes him tiny. Which is a thing that people got really upset about. So they might have gotten a little bit under the radar with people who weren't watching their content until this video came out last year. As you can imagine, a lot of people got really upset about it because <laughs> they're posting this on their family channel. This is a channel that's mostly children watching it. And so they posted this clickbait. And the video itself is also gross and weird. It's not then just like child's content. It is them trying to guess the ages of sexy women. That's so weird. So... That's so weird. Also, what's with like age with women? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, of course, like she has to be 18 for any sexual stuff. Their game is like trying to figure out whether or not she's a minor in these videos. That is so fucking gross. Yeah. It's horrible. That's what like nasty men do. Yeah. I mean, this dude is nasty. He he groomed his wife. Yeah. Yeah. So not only is this gross, but like you just mentioned, this little channel is based around Damien pursuing Bianca starting when she was 15. So not shockingly, they took that video down, but the Internet is forever and it keeps living on because people keep going, dude, what are you doing over here? (laughs) They are by far not the only channel to do this kind of content, but definitely one of the most successful at it. Their audience, again, is primarily children at this point. So we have no idea what is going to go on with the future. They consistently have a lot of really messed up videos. And I do feel like it's escalating to an extent like a lot of these channels do because they have to keep trying to push the, uh, what's it called? Envelope. Yeah, like to get more attention because they have competition everywhere. I mean, what's it going to end? How's it going to end? I don't know. Maybe they could just like get a skill set and yeah. do that in the videos. Can, should we just take down the internet, Natalie? Should I just go to shoot the towers? Someone, I, I we were saying earlier that I think maybe the person who will knock the towers down will be a formerly vlogged child who doesn't <laughs> want their images on the internet anymore, so they're going to destroy society. Hell yeah, V Which, for Vendetta style. Yeah, I kind of so like it. Does the internet run off of just two towers? No, I mean, it's like... A bunch of satellites and shit. I mean, oh. it would take like it would take like a concerted effort of like a bunch of stuff being shot out of the sky. And... Right. So I, I can't just go flip a button and no. be like, oops, and the Internet's out and gone. No. But, you know, hackers can do a lot of damage. OK. But no, I would. Thus far, I don't think there's any way to just make it go like poof. <laughs> unless you take away the electricity. But you can still make electricity with generators and stuff, too. So 
It'd be difficult. It's sticking around. I found out that the cloud is an actual computer. It's just a really big computer, Natalie. I thought the cloud was like like a hippie describing God. Like it's all around us. I thought information was like floating by us. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. I don't know. Kind of is. Like you're just hiding these images as like a fake. Oh, it's up in the air. Oh, what's right behind you? Oh, shit. <laughs> it's IMG.0047. <laughs> so... Yeah, it, it would be hard, but maybe maybe one of these kids will figure it out because they'll be that mad. I hope they do it. Because their images are now up forever doing this shit. So their audience, again, is primarily kids. And one of the reasons kids really love these channels is that this family, along with a lot of others, love to flaunt their wealth and luxurious lifestyle that their children get to have and live in. So I can Aww. see the appeal. Oh, the little girl gets the big stuffed teddy bear for her birthday. So yeah. it almost feels like you got the big stuffed teddy bear for your birthday. Yes. I can see as a child, I had plenty of toys, but I we didn't have money. So like the idea of having a power wheel was like my dream. And I if I could watch a video of a little girl with like a Barbie power wheels, I would have definitely watched that. Yeah. That's almost me. Yeah. So yeah, I get I get why kids watch it. It's definitely not because kids are bad or stupid or anything. It's like, no, these people know what they're playing into. And so that's a popular trend for many of these family vloggers. One of the most notorious of this type being the family, which is run by a gentleman named Austin. Austin and his wife Catherine. I'm Catherine. Is that how you would guess? They, yeah. You think they're country? Uh, that's how I'm guessing. And together we're the family. Sometimes God don't like us, but then sometimes we get up and we pull ourselves up again. He how? <laughs> is that their intro? I like that guess, but although we'll be doing families of that nature, this is not them. Okay. This is more a. Like, I have six Range Rover baller lifestyle family. Interesting. They both came, these people. They came from the fray of the Hollywood party scene, actually. The mother of the wife is a model, and he was a, I guess he wanted to be like a basketball man. How did these people get money? Um, How do you know? I think that they're, you know, family money. A lot of that. And I think they just sort of like, I know when I was in that Hollywood party scene when I was in my 20s, you don't have to necessarily be rich to get in the middle of it. I mean, it's easier, I think, if you're a girl. but And you're hot. And you just sort of like go and hang out with rich people, even though you're not rich. But they, I think maybe they also just had a bunch of money they came from, too. But they were in that fray. Interesting. Um, That's yeah. a revelation I had that like my life, I was just like, oh, because I lived in New York and I was so poor for so long. Mm -hmm. People would just be like, Get this $150 sweater. It's so cheap. And I'm just like, how How do you do that and have a nice apartment and oh, yeah. food? And like when I realized that they came from a wealthy family, I was uh -huh. like, oh, well, shit. Which the concept of having a $150 sweater for the majority of my life was just, you might as well have told me it was $8 million. Yeah. Like, what are you <laughs> no talking way. about? So soon after, they kind of like connected in that world. And soon after they started dating and she got knocked up really quickly. Cool. And they both saw that opportunity to cash in. <laughs> so, yes, they started what would be first a couple's prank channel that they would eventually turn into a family channel. And it is one of the biggest on the Internet. That's so gross. This makes me feel like like when a man says to me he's a magician, 
You know what I mean? That skeezy feeling you get. <laughs> yeah. That's like family vlogging. No hate to the uh, magicians out there. Yeah. <laughs> but when a dude tells me <sighs> he's a magician. At least a skill set, you at know? At least it's a skill. I just assume he's going to try to molest me. You know what I mean? When he says mag- <laughs> magicians. But what if he, he does it without you knowing how he did it? And he goes, how did I molest you? Alakazam. So, yeah. It can be stated pretty much a fact that... They really only popped off after they became a family channel, which is common with the prank channels and a lot of other kinds of channels, as we'll talk. But a lot of times people who are trying to, like, make their name in the YouTube world don't really get that hook in until they start including children stuff. Again, their fan base is largely children and teens. And part of the reason that this is, is the main focus of their channel is their children. That and their extravagant sort of bombastic wealth. Or at least they're playing off like they're that wealthy. I personally am not so sure. Yeah. What's that? Wealth whispers or something. I've worked for incredibly wealthy people. I've worked for billionaires. Mm-hmm. Been like their you know, assistant or whatever. They have a chauffeur and they have a nice right. black car, but it's nothing flashy. They're not like covered in diamonds and no. stuff. No, they hide their money because they don't want you to know how much money they have. No, because then you'd be really mad. <laughs> yeah. Or then you try to rob them. Yeah. So I don't know exactly how they much they actually have. I mean, granted, they have a huge following. They currently have almost 19 million followers on YouTube or subscribers on YouTube, I should say. But they spend in such an egregious manner and so extravagant and have been caught scamming people so many times. I just there's there. OK, I'm just going to say there's no way that they're paying their taxes correctly. And and I'm very I'd be very surprised if they don't end up in jail for fraud at some point. Wow. But does anybody do their taxes correctly? But when you are doing it for like millions upon millions of dollars becomes an issue. Usually this last tax season, I had to because I went through a different company to do them and I had to have some number or something to get my info and then I kept putting it in and the IRS is like, no, that's not your number. That's not. So it's like they knew how much I owed them. <laughs> and I'm like, why are we doing this? This show. This Tell me, you bitch. Dog and pony show. Tell me, bitch. How much money did you make, bitch? <laughs> yeah, you knew you feel the whole bad time. about it. <laughs> you feel sad. We're going to take a bunch of it. Yeah. It's like some weird S&M thing with them. Why don't you tell me how little money you made last year? Does it make you cry? Does it make you feel bad? Look at that. Oh, the number? You see it's going up? It's going right back down. You see this number on the side? This is how much you owe us. Yeah. Mm, I bet you like that. Mm-hmm. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So I get not loving paying taxes, but it's another thing whenever you are hoarding millions of dollars and not contributing to society when people who are poor are doing it. And And we're the ones that go to jail. Exactly. And also they have defrauded people openly on their channel a lot of times. You can guys can go down a whole. There's a lot of scams if you just want to look them up. But I thought I was a bad person for haggling at the grocery store. 
I'll haggle. I don't care. I'll do it all day. Oh, I'll haggle. <laughs> but I'm not like scamming people. No, you're not. A, you are definitely not a bad person. Ever. And listen, I have to be completely honest here. I find this couple insufferable on a personal level for a number of reasons. But the amount of their content that is centered on their children and the ratio of videos whose thumbnails are their children being clickbaited is troubling, regardless of how you feel about them as people. I want to look at their face really quick. Oh, I, I it's right here, actually. Oh, yeah? Pull, like, scroll down just a little bit. Oh. So, if you look here in, in my notes here, Amber, here's some of their thumbnails. Here is the title of this one. The title of this one, if you can't see, is We Caught Doing This, Only Three Years Old. Oh, and she's like posing kind of model-esque. It looks a little sensual, and then yeah. it's the parents looking horrified, right? Then we have underneath here, here's another thumbnail, calls from school crying, sad day. And it's a thumbnail of one of the daughters looking very upset. Then we have, we did not want to do this. And it is a baby, no clothes on a baby, one of their children who's no clothes on getting a medical examination. Seven million views, huh? Seven million. 313 likes, 4,000 dislikes 313k k likes okay a lot of people liked it yeah then we have this one here which is a thumbnail of their children in a bath together saying our morning routine with three children so that has over a million views this is gross it's their children in their bathtub does the video are they like does it show them naked in the bathtub in the video it shows them naked in the thumbnail right here. yeah that is disgusting yeah So I get that the father, Austin, who always has this small poof of beard right at the tip of his chin, might not sell vids as a thumbnail because he looks like a dork. Oh, that little chin beard. I always want to like smudge it off. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Catherine, the mother's gorgeous. You know, let her be the clickbait. Let her be the bait. For this shit. She is Oh, gorgeous. wait. Here is some of hers. Here's some of her clickbaits on their family channel. Here's one that says, I put period blood on my husband's face. He freaked out. Looks like it's all over there. You think he'd ask what this is first. Uh, but also, so, I hear that's a good facial, you know? It's her holding a god. What's that thing called? Diva a god cup. diva cup f- filled with what looks like blood. It's all over her hand. It's all over her hand and all over his face. Underneath that, we have, you want to read this title? I should have had you read the titles already. Making an OnlyFans to see how my husband reacts. He's like, what? And she's in like sort of a bodysuit. But this she's is the, hot. Oh, she's gorgeous. But this is the, it's a thumbnail on their family channel. <laughs> Man, when I was a kid, I liked reading Sun Up, Sun Down. I liked running around. Yeah, well, how much money did you make your mother? Shit. Nothing. I t- <laughs> I was a burden. Yeah, you fucking burden just being born and having to be raised. Yeah. So, yeah. All this stuff just to say, are these people putting aside any money for their children? Who are the ones doing the heavy lifting on this channel? That is yet to be seen because they are not responsible. They don't need to be held accountable for taking their children and doing this. And then if they took all the money from it and don't give any to their kids, they're not breaking any rules. 
it appears that they're doing a lot of scamming and they have already been forced to auction off their home, which was like a $10 million house. There's no need to live in a $10 million house. No. Unless you're a celebrity where that's your prison because you can't leave. Like I could see Tom Cruise living in a $10 million house because he's Tom Cruise. It's not like he's going to go to Ralph's grocery and walk around. And also, I mean, live in whatever house you want, but you have to be able to pay for it on your own and not be defrauding people to get it because it will catch up with you eventually, you know? So I, I don't know. I hope their kids get a chance to be kids at some point, just like all of these family vloggers. And their kids are really young, so they could technically still have normal lives at some point if their parents ever decided to like go, oh, this might be a bad thing we're doing. Austin, by the way, also has a brother who tries to emulate the family and is somehow even worse. Um, <laughs> really just, he currently has some pretty severe accusations from his baby's mama even though he has partial custody of this kid. And he, of course, uses the kid in his YouTube content. What does his baby mama say about him? That he's like super violent and abusive and stuff. The whole ordeal is currently shaking out. So we'll see if he maintains custody. And it's not even clear what his legal custody is. Wow, so much drama. I just like to have my little room, have a little bit of money in the bank account. I'm not rich, but I can pay my rent. Right. And have some privacy. And this is to me, it's a difference between drama channels and crimes against like humanity. Even if they're not technically breaking a law, like what's morally corrupt. Yeah. And and to me, this is especially like if you look at Austin's brother with this kid, like because YouTube doesn't require any sort of paperwork. I could go steal a kid and be like, this is my kid, YouTube. Well, it's funny you bring that up, Amber. Um, <laughs> it's not funny. This is a horrible, horrible story. This is one of the worst of the worst of this kind of scenario. But as we're talking about custody of children and what's legal, there's a woman who is barely a human being. Her name was Michelle Hackney Hobson. Michelle Hackney Hobson. Her channel was called Fantastic Adventures, and it had, at the time of uh, being shut down, was had about 800,000 subs and was put into the child category, like so many of these child-exploited channels. And in it, she had her foster children performing skits and other weird shit on camera. Hmm. That's right. I said her foster children, oh, not so even her legal children. Oh, is this like those people that are like, we will adopt your children? They're going to fucking put them on the air. On it YouTube? was a woman who was known as a foster mother. She had a lot of kids in and out of her house. On her channel, there wasn't anything expressly saying that they were foster children because it wasn't a vlogging channel in the sense that it was. It's like there's a whole genre of these. It looks like child created content because it's very low budget, but it's always the parents doing it. But you know how like a lot of kids shows on Nickelodeon or whatever are like kind of corny and weird and just like kids doing dumb shit on the TV. There's a whole genre of YouTube parents who have their kids doing these kind of little weird shows like that, but are making huge amounts of money doing it, monetizing their kids, doing these little acting skits. So this is what a fantastic adventures entailed. And she was using these foster children to make these videos when she was finally stopped, there were seven of them living at her house and were all forced to be a part of these YouTube videos. Wow. And I wonder how much money they got. Well, it's a lot worse than that. So it's already a huge problem and this should under no circumstance be legal. 
this is insane that this is not something that was breaking the law, that she was having these kids in these videos who are not even her legal children. Wow. Yeah, I feel like when are the adults going to step up, like the law, and just be like, what are you doing here? Well, this is why we're doing this series, because there's so many things that are morally so wrong that have not been addressed by the law yet. So to use these foster children to make money is messed up. And, you know, people already take advantage of foster children and try to get money from the government. And now it's okay for them to also be used in entertainment. Part of the genre, like I said, seems kid-driven. It's supposed to appear kid-driven, but it's never really kid-driven. It's parents doing these weird child like, it looks like kids made the sets and the costumes and stuff. That could be cute if they Ex- wanted to. Except a lot of the time, it's like parents just like forcing children in. And this woman specifically was forcing foster children to do this. She was eventually arrested thanks to the bravery of her 19-year-old biological daughter because not only was she profiting off of the child labor, she was also severely abusing these foster children when they displeased her. Wow. So she was forcing them slave style to perform in these videos and would punish them if they didn't do what she wanted. Also, thankfully, she's now dead. (laughs) She died in custody. Whoa, she died in custody. Because the abuse that she was putting onto these children, severe is an understatement. And no one, not CPS, not the police, no government officials stopped her for a very long time. There is speculation that she was paying off some of these people who came into her home because by the end of her career, it's speculated she was making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month from these videos. The speculation that she was paying people off despite having routine visits from authorities is because the abuse was extremely evident in the home and there were CPS and there were people coming in and no one stopped her. So there's no proof of this as far as I know, but there is a lot of speculation that she was paying off CPS workers and they were taking bribes. Whoa. Because these children would be punished for not doing good enough or not refusing to do the videos or doing something wrong by starvation, being tied up, being locked up in closets for days at a time with sometimes she would take the light bulb out of the room with no windows when she was in a bad mood. She would mace them. There was genital mutilation. There what? was the, she would allow not allow them to use the bathroom for days at a time. It's sometimes the video didn't get the clicks it wanted. I'm serious. Like that was what happened. And then she died in custody. Yes. All right. I'm glad. I'm glad she's dead. But the fact that she was given these children in CPS or any other government agency didn't take them away is such a fucking glaring issue outside of YouTube. Especially since this was in 2019. This is like not wow. 20 years ago or more. It, this is still happening. And of course, it's fucking Arizona. I mean, Arizona, there's so few redeeming qualities about that state, <laughs> but they have a horrible record with child abuse. Really? Yeah. You know, I was driving through Arizona and there's this one highway that goes from north to the south. And like, because my family, some of them live in Sedona. They work in the restaurant industry. And so... You have to fly into lower Arizona and then drive up. But that highway, there's only one and they have all these 18 wheelers. Mm. And sometimes these 18 wheelers blow up because Mm. they have to go really fast and they can't put on their brakes or else it goes and like like rubs together and they they just blow up. And then people think it's normal. And I was like driving down the highway and surrounded by these 18 wheelers honking at me. And I said, Lord, I am never coming to Arizona again unless I'm never driving here. 
I'll come take an Amtrak, but if you get me out of this, I will never do this again. <laughs> yeah. And no, those like really long stretches, especially in the desert of those highways, it is really, really scary to be. Actually, I, I would almost say the mountains are by far worse, but. But these um, are like mountainous, it's like a yeah, mountainous right. desert. I forget that there's huge mountains in Arizona. The landscape is absolutely stunning. Oh, yeah. Northern Arizona, especially like Grand Canyon, Jerome. People are bad. Yeah. <laughs> Land's great. Yeah, no, it's doing long distance. I love long, like, car rides. But if you're not a driver all the time, to then try to be around those trucks is terrifying. Yeah. I mean, even if you drive all the time. Because, you know, a lot of them are on speed. A lot of them are half asleep. You know, all that kind of shit. Um, Very dangerous. I know there's lots of you good truckers out there, too, man. Yeah. I know you're out there. Thanks for listening to us. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Anyway, these children were eventually taken away. And while I wish we knew if they were safe, it's also good. We don't know because they were already so exploited and put into public places when they weren't supposed to be. I'm glad that they have been taken away from the public. And at the very least, that stupid swamp monster died in jail. And allegedly the money she made from YouTube was split between the foster children. I I hope so, because... Did somebody stab her in jail? No, I I can't remember if they've ever said what she died from. I feel like it was a health issue. Heartache. She died from heartache. Yeah, that's probably that. That's probably it. I know that we learned from the Turpin experience, which is another child abuse case, that the kids, when they were finally rescued, were supposed to get a bunch of the money and they had to like go on 2020 and stuff and be like, no one ever gave us the money. (laughs) So I'm hoping somebody's taking care of these children somewhere. Adoption and foster children are another big issue within the mommy vlogging sphere because people love an adoption story. And that's often in another entire branch of child exploitation. One that I kind of find even scarier because of its desire to trick you with the illusion. And it's what you would kind of consider the pastel QAnon sect. I don't know if you've heard that term, pastel QAnon, before. No, I kind of don't know if I like it or not. I mean, I like pastel. I don't like QAnon. Yeah, so... Is it like pastel goth? No, pastel goth is great. Yeah, I love pastel goth. Pastel QAnon, it's kind of a catch-all phrase for mostly stay-at-home moms who are mostly natural obsessed. Oh, I I only, I don't use shampoo. I just use egg whites. Yes. Who document their lives in these sort of soft filters and cosplay like Little House on the Prairie, but have also fallen down into these anti-vax cesspools. Right. Following, you know, that they get sucked into the myriad of other conspiracies that go along with QAnon and they they just disappear from reality forever. (laughs) I've seen some of these women on the internet. They um, don't like other women. No, it's kind of like frustrating because I was looking at this woman's like blog the other day and she was like praising Kevin's, you know, like for around men to get the attention and no one liked her posts. And I was like, girl, at least do it if they like your posts. They're not even liking your shit. What are you doing? Yeah, I know, because it seems like so much of it sucks to have to be in that world. I get the, the appeal and they are selling this appeal of this fake utopian Husband's going to take care of you. You just got to be pretty and thin. And you just get to wear pretty dresses all day and your children are always happy and they yeah. run through fields. It's a weird fantasy. I saw this other woman post because I, I I go down this stuff all the time. This woman was like, I told my husband after my second child that I'm going to be a stay at home mom. And I was like, oh, you could just do that. <laughs> wow. 
I didn't know that all these moms who are working can just be like, no, I don't feel like it. Yeah, I know. That's my my mom worked my whole life because of feminism, not because, you know, she had to support us or anything. No, no. Yeah. Your mom's just one of those evil feminists that wanted yeah. to eat food and yeah, have a like, roof over her head. Give us like braces and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They so, usually come from rich families. The, yes, and that's another one of those like, do. oh, well, shit. The whole time. Yeah. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah, so that that's sort of the, that realm. It's not always directly QAnon, but it kind of falls into that same realm of sort of living a little detached from reality, but sort of selling this idea of like this false, everything's fine all the time. Just gonna go get some eggs from the chicken coop. Yeah, it's sort of where the far right and the far, far left kind of run face first into each other and explode into a million memes and die. Yeah. A lot of these women are like, I used to be far left wing. I used to be a blue haired feminist. Why do they always call us blue haired feminists? I don't no. know. There's different kind of feminists out there, but I digress. Yes. And now they just go on one date with a cop. Yeah. And now they're like far right. You know what I mean? Yes. And, you know, that's a way to live, I guess. But um, <laughs> there was such a fuck you. <laughs> That's it's a way to live, I guess. Yeah. It's anti-intellectual. It's anti-progress. It's sort of digging your heels into the ground, kind of sticking your fingers in your ears and refusing to accept the earth is spinning forward. But it's an entire industry of mothers making an absolute killing with this mirage. And I can almost respect this hustle, except these mothers' entire stick revolves around exposing their children to the greater population who they seem to despise so much, but are willing to let their kids be viewed by all of them. Oh, right. Because they do revolt against the modern world. And yet you vlog your family? Okay, yeah. cool. You're kind of showing us everything. Right. So ironically, the image they're trying to present, this like sort of peaceful, quiet utopia where they ground oats and they juice tangerines for their babies, is all done at the expense of their children's privacy. The children are sacrificed up on this altar. We are at an hour already, so I think we're going to end it here and talk about some of these kind of mommy bloggers the next episode next week. So uh, get ready for that. Get ready. And I love how these women are like, I don't need feminism. My husband takes care of me. I'm like, you work more than I do. Yeah. Like, you've got, I, got a real. camera on you all the time. I yeah. take breaks. Yes. I agreed. relax in the AC. And you should be paid for your time and effort. Just is it your effort or is you making your kids do the work? I mean, like. They can't consent yet. They can't consent to this yet. So if you want to do this shit, don't put your kids on camera, man. It's all I'm asking. It's all I'm asking over here. <laughs> you can follow us at someplace underneath and follow me at The Naughty Jean. I'm Amber Smelson. And we are Saucy Pert and Gracie as always. Peace. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide 
at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back to our studio where we have a special guest with us today, Toucan Sam from Fruit Loops. Toucan Sam, welcome. It's my pleasure to be here. Oh, and um, it's Fruit Loops, just so you know. Uh, fruit. Fruit. Yeah, fruit. No, it's Fruit Loops. The same way you say studio. That's not how we say it. Fruit Loops, find the loopy side. 